Good morning, everybody. I'm Josh, Pastor Kevin's son. I just want to welcome you to church on this beautiful morning that the Lord's given us. It's just starting to feel like fall, amen? I love it. It's my favorite time of year, and it's been a wonderful season in our church as we've talked about God's goodness on our life and His faithfulness to us, and we're going to continue in that this morning as we talk about His blessing on our life, amen? And we're going to sing a song this morning called New Name. Most of you know it. And it has a line that says, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Yeah, and, and we don't have to be defined by our present situation, amen. We don't have to be defined by even our flaws and our failures because if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, He calls us children of the light. He tells us that we are a child of God, a new creation in Him. So let's just stir up thankfulness this morning of His mercy and His grace. Where would we be without His mercy and grace? And just thank God that our names are found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's sing this morning in faith.
name. You may be seated today. So good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. Welcome. I want to remind the youth that they will have youth services tonight from 5 to 7 in the youth building with pizza being served afterwards. So youth, make sure that you are here for service at 5 o'clock this evening. want to thank all of our wonderful volunteers for making such a wonderful, successful Fall Fest last Sunday night. We had an awesome time. All of you volunteers were wonderful, and it was because of you that we were allowed to make this happen. We had so much positive feedback throughout the week, and even this morning, people coming up to me just saying, what a wonderful, blessed night it was last Sunday night. So thanks again for all of your help in making that happen. Well, also want to thank everyone who gave into the God's Been Good to Me offering last Sunday. Pastor Kevin told you in his message, we weren't going to find out the offering totals, and we didn't. But Miranda said that you gave generously, and we just want to thank you for that. Y'all are so, such a blessing to the church, to the kingdom, to our lives, and we just thank you for that. Want to, this week, we've been, uh, Joshua mentioned that we've been talking over the last several weeks about the goodness of God and the blessings and the benefits of God in our lives and stirring up thankfulness and gratefulness. And we're going to continue to do that today and through next Sunday. Next Sunday is Thanksgiving Sunday already, the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving. It's hard to believe that Thanksgiving is almost here. Make sure that you're here next Sunday. Invite your friends and family to come be a part of Thanksgiving Sunday. Our mission offering focus today is going to be for Operation Christmas Child, which is a ministry of Samaritan's Purse. I know many of you are familiar with the shoe boxes that are packed all around the United States during the month of October, the beginning of November. This week, they'll be picked up and shipped to distribution centers and uh, will be sent to a hundred, over a hundred different countries all throughout the world over the next couple of weeks. Many of those countries are third world countries where the children have never ever received a Christmas gift or heard about the true meaning of Christmas. And so today, we are going to partner with them. It costs $9 a box to ship these Christmas boxes and to put the gospel literature in them. In the children's own language, they'll receive a little booklet called The Greatest Gift. And it tells the true meaning of Christmas and tells them how to know the Lord as their personal Savior. And as they and their parents go through those boxes, we're believing the Lord as they experience the goodness and the blessings of God, that their eyes will be open and that they will receive the Lord as their Savior. And so we are glad to be able to help with the shipping, with the gospel literature that's going to be included in all of those boxes and believing the Lord for souls to be saved. Their children are blessed around the world during this next couple of weeks. So ushers, you come forward to receive our morning missions offering at this time. Let's stand. Let's bring our offering in faith this morning as we bless those.
morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. God is good. Amen. What a beautiful day, as Pastor Joshua said. He just told his mom, don't call me Joshua. I'm Josh. He's grown up now. He's not Joshua. He's Josh. And so it is good just to live our lives in the goodness of the Lord beyond, you know, us trying to talk ourselves into it or some doctrinal thing that we pull out of God's Word and try to make ourselves believe it just to know that God is good and God has shown His goodness in my life and in your life. Even those maybe who are listening in this building today who have yet to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, every good thing that happens in your life God's doing it, and God is wanting you to taste and see, amen, that he is good. I have tasted and I have seen that God is good. I am glad today that I don't have to convince myself that there's nothing on planet earth that I want more than Jesus Christ. There's nobody who does me like Jesus, amen, and God is a good father, and he has proved himself faithful time and time again in my life, is anybody else, can you say the same thing? And so I say to you, grace and peace be multiplied to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are visiting with us for the first time, I pray that you would sense the love of God in your life, that you would respond and open your heart to whatever he would want you to do today. And those of you who are old school, been in here for a long time, we're, you know, a couple decades old, don't get tired of worshiping and loving and praising God. God is never boring. God is always something fresh, something creative. He is doing in our lives. There's something special about every season. So every season should be an opportunity to worship God and praise Him for His goodness. And I want to preach a message, and maybe it'll turn into a series. I know next week it'll, I'll kind of piggyback on this message. And I was thinking about what to call it, you know. During this season, about three or four weeks ago, I actually had Pastor Lisa add this in her announcements. In this season, we are believing for the fullness of God's benefits and blessings. In this season, season we are believing for the fullness of of God's blessing and his benefits. And that's what's on my, in my heart. That I believe that's what the Spirit of the Lord is leading us into. That wherever you're at today, maybe you are blessed, but maybe there's more that God wants to do in your life, right? And maybe you kind of hindered God's blessing in your life. We want to pull down those barriers and those things that are hindering God's blessing in your life so that you can experience God's fullness today. And so I thought about what to title, and all I could think of was call it blessed, (laughs) blessed, (laughs) exclamation point. And so, Father, today I speak blessing over these people, Lord, your people, God. I speak blessing, Father God, upon those people who have yet to know you, Lord, who are still groping in the darkness trying to find you. And I pray That in this season, they would realize you're not far from every one of us. You're right there, Lord. That you would remove the veil, God of unbelief, the veil of sin in in each of their lives, Father, and help them to see your love 
in your willingness to forgive, to heal, to make whole, and to be a father to them. So God, I speak your perfect will, your kingdom to come in every individual's life. And all of you who would agree with that prayer, would you just say amen, amen. as we pray in the name of Jesus. So what does it mean to be blessed? A lot of people throw that word around. What does it mean biblically? What does it mean? I saw some definitions here and there, some things that make sense to me in my own heart as I define the word blessed as well. It means the favor of God being bestowed upon your life. The favor of God being bestowed upon your life to be gifted and graced by God himself. God's presence increasing in my life. God's goodness manifesting in my life. I like that. I love this. What does it mean to be blessed? It means to be empowered to prosper and to overcome. To be empowered to prosper, to be empowered to overcome in this life. And the effect of these things brings an increase in my happiness. Yeah. Sometimes we're afraid to say that word. Happiness. The word blessed means to be extremely happy as I experience God's presence, His empowerment to overcome. It brings happiness to my life and well being to my soul. To be blessed. Now, I need to address this right from the beginning of this series. Being blessed isn't the absence of trouble, difficulty, and struggle. We don't shy away around here from talking about trials and suffering and persecution that the Bible says clearly will be a part of each of our stories. We all know it. We've all experienced it. Being blessed doesn't mean we don't feel pain and sorrow and we don't struggle and have difficult seasons in our life. But being blessed means to be anointed by God to overcome and rise above everything that this world would throw at us. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You will go through some things in your life that you don't like that are very painful, but be of good cheer. I am in you, and I've overcome the world, and because I've overcome the world, you are blessed, and you are empowered to overcome the world as well. We just sang Psalm 34. You got to love verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Can I get a witness right there? I am empowered to overcome every affliction that comes my way. I love Paul, 2 Corinthians 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, bit out of shape is what that means, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I used to play baseball, and I used to preach this, struck down, but never struck out. Amen. 
How do I become a blessed person? Everybody wants to be blessed. How does it happen? Why is a person blessed? Let me say this, and this is very crucial to understand. We are blessed because we belong. We are blessed because we belong. We belong because we have accepted Christ. I want to say that again. We are blessed because we belong. We belong because we have accepted Christ. I want you to understand there is no true blessed, being blessed apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. You can go on Amazon. You can go down to Walmart and get one of those shirts that say, too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed to be stressed. But if you don't know Jesus, I know you're all excited right now, but there's coming a day when you're going to be too ashamed to wear that T-shirt, and you might even throw it in the garbage because it is impossible to overcome this world and to escape anxiety, fear, and stress apart from the peace that only Jesus can give you. Amen? I'm blessed because I belong. Ephesians 1, it says in a lot of places, but Ephesians 1 is one of my favorite places. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. I want you to notice that. Who has. Remember back in grammar, elementary school in grammar, we learned that has is past tense. That's something that's already happened. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. I'm not waiting to be blessed. I'm already blessed. I'm blessed right now. I don't care what my circumstances are. I am blessed because I belong to Christ. It doesn't matter what's happening to me here on earth because I am seated in the heavenly places with my Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. I am blessed right now. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Listen. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. I want you to stop and think about your life and think about the pains, the sorrows, the fears, the anxieties, the poor self-image that sometimes we have and our self-worth isn't a whole lot a lot of times. The enemy is beating our brains out and trying to give us evidence all the time that God doesn't love us and surely God doesn't care about my life. But I want you to understand that God knows you and God loves you and God cares for you. And God's got a plan for your life and he knows who's going to humble them, themselves and receive him as Lord and Savior. And based upon that foreknowledge, he predestines you and he chooses you for his own. So don't ever let the devil tell you that you are not special to God because everybody is special to the Lord Jesus Christ. A person who is, who is in so much degradation out there and in so much sin in their life, God still loves them and God has a plan 
for their life. And where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. This, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who, what? who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave all of our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with wisdom and understanding. And so I want you to understand before we go any further as I talk about some things that when you come into Christ, you are blessed. You are positionally blessed because you belong to Jesus. I, I was going to title this message, Blessed, question mark, and just create some intrigue and let you think about that a little bit. And I was going to tell you in this part, part that you need to erase the question mark and you need to put an ex- exclamation point, I am blessed. There should be no question in your mind and your heart, those of you who belong to Jesus, that you are blessed. Can I get an amen right there before we go any further? And you say, just look at me, Pastor Kevin. I am not blessed. I've gained 30 pounds recently. I got to buy new clothes. You know, my boyfriend left me. Everything's going bad. You know, I can't get a job. I can't get a work. Are you serious? Look at me. I'm telling you right now, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed because you belong to Jesus. And so, that's the foundation. Now, let me go forward. 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I gave you that verse because we see a correlation here between what's going on in your soul and what's going on in the rest of your life, even your health, your emotional state, where you're, where you're at, your, your peace of mind that you're walking in is directly related to how your soul is doing. And when my soul is prospering in the Lord and I'm walking in the Spirit of God, there is a manifestation of greater blessing in my life. I'm positionally blessed, but I can do some things that hinder that blessing in my life. And that's what we want to do. We want to pull those things down. We want our soul to prosper so that everything else can be prospering in our lives. Let me say it this way. The level of blessing that I walk in is determined by some factors that involve me. I'll read it again. The level of blessing that I walk in is determined by some factors that involve me. And I want to take time to talk about some of these factors. One, when you are blessed, you're in faith. You are blessed when you believe. You are blessed when you believe. When faith has created, we are saved by grace, but through faith. God wants to give grace into my life, greater levels of grace in my life, but that channel that creates that opportunity is our faith and our believing. Let me give you an example. You remember the, the man who had the demon-possessed son, and 
He couldn't do anything to, you know, get help to his boy. So he goes down and he's been hearing Jesus preach, I'm sure. And he's been seeing deliverance and God's power and the kingdom of God ushered in upon, you know, the towns and villages. And he's going to bring his son to where Jesus is at, but Jesus is not there. The disciples are there. And he says, hey, guys, I need you to help me. I need deliverance for my son. And you know, the disciples tried, but they couldn't cast the demon out. And then Jesus walks up and and they were having a big discussion and they were failing, you know, it, it wasn't working. The kingdom wasn't coming. The devil wasn't leaving. And Jesus said, hey, how long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Where's your faith? What a faithless generation you have. And I want you to, re- I want you to look at this with me as the Father is explaining to Jesus now that he's come. And he tells the story. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, Lord. Jesus said to him, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't answer the question, could he do anything? He's Jesus. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He has all of heaven backing him. And what he says, heaven responds and helps him. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I want you to think about if the father doesn't go to Jesus. If the father doesn't ask Jesus for help, he needs his son to be blessed. He is not able to overcome life and what life is thrown at him and the devil's attacks in his life. If he doesn't come to Jesus, he doesn't experience the power or the blessing of the Lord. You know, James says, you have not because you ask not. And so he's going and he's asking Jesus, I have to ask in order to receive the blessing of the Lord in my life. We ask this question, Lord, can you do anything? Now, you may not say it just like that, but every one of us look at our situation and we pray and we say, Lord, can you help me or will you help me? We all do it. But Jesus asked this question, can you believe? It's not a matter of what I can do. It's a matter of what you can believe. And what we can believe for determines the level of breakthrough and blessing that we experience in life. Can I get three amens right there? The disciples are in trouble. They're in the boat. They're sinking. The waves are filling the boat. It's dark. It's at nighttime. Fear's gripping them. They're going down. They're in jeopardy. Jesus is asleep in the boat. They wake him up. They say, Lord, care us not that we perish. Jesus woke up and said, why are you afraid? And he spoke to the winds and he spoke to the waves and they calmed down. And he said, where is your faith? We often ask the Lord, Lord, don't you care? Don't you see that I'm perishing? Don't you care that I'm in jeopardy? 
Don't you see the trouble that I am? And the Lord asked, son, can you believe? Where's your faith? They were hindering the overcoming power of God in their lives because they didn't believe. Now, Jesus would, will sometimes, because he loves us and he's trying to teach us, and we're in training, we're all in training, they were in training, and he's teaching us faith, and sometimes he'll give it even though we, pass, we didn't pass the test. But there's coming a day when I must think as a, a man. I, I put away childish thing. When I was a child, I thought as a child, spake as a child, understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. There's coming a time in your life when there's the only way you're going to receive things and breakthroughs in your life is time to get your big boy pants on, and he's done that to me many times, is you got to believe. I remember back in the day when I was in evangelism and, and traveling and financial this and getting meetings and all these things and all the faith life involved in that, God gave me a word out of Isaiah and it said, if you will not believe, surely you will not be established. If you will not believe, surely you will not be established. Kevin, if you don't believe, surely you will not be established. And I'm telling you, I meditated on that and meditated on that. And here's what the Lord was saying. You're going to limit my prosperity and blessing in your life if you don't stop looking at the haphazard uncertainty all around you and just know that I am in charge of your plan. If you will not believe, surely you will not be established. Jesus always wanted to help people. Say amen if you believe that. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who oppressed the devil for the Lord was with him. He wanted to go. He wanted to do good to people everywhere he went. He went into his own hometown. And they just said, oh, he's just Jesus. That's the carpenter's son. We know his brothers and sisters. And the Bible said he Anybody know this? He could do no mighty works because of their... Jesus could do no? That's like a curse word. Jesus could do no? Jesus could do no. Because the only way that Jesus can do in our lives is when we trust and obey and believe him. And so he comes into our hometown, he comes into your family, he comes into our church, he comes into our lives. And he says, will you believe me? For all things are possible to him that believes that woman was pressing her way through the crowd. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I would be made whole. I know it would be made well. Pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. And she reached out and she touched Jesus. And you know that virtue, power went out of Jesus into her body, healed her body. He turned around and said, Woman, be of good cheer. Your, your faith has made you whole. What if she don't press in? What if she doesn't say, you know what? I'm so sick and tired of this issue of blood. It's been 12 years. I need Jesus. I need you to do something in my life. What if she don't ask? What if she don't, doesn't press in? Is her faith going to make her whole? He, told, he said the blind man, Bartimaeus, he said the blind man. They were, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon us. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon us. Shut up. He don't care about you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. I know he loves me. And he healed him. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. I want to tell you, you know, I don't care 
if we see this or not, if the whole world says something contrary to what I'm saying to you right now, I'm telling you right now, listen very carefully, whether you see it or not, whether you practice it or not, without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's got to be some expectation in our life that God is going to help me, that God is going to turn this to the good, that no matter what's happening in my life, God's got a good plan for me, and he's going to turn it to the good. Amen? That's why David said, surely, 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 come on, help me. Surely what? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. But you're running from Saul. God doesn't care about you. It's such an unjust situation that you're in, David. I'm telling you right now, I don't understand it myself, and I don't know what tomorrow holds for me, but I know this, surely, come on, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life an expectation of God's blessing in my life. Paul was in trouble. He's in jail writing this. And he says, for I know, listen, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my what? According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be, shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. Here's the key. Here's a secret that we don't talk about much to the blessed life, is you don't determine what blessed looks like in your life. Paul said, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to live or die in this, but I know this, I'm blessed either way. I know that God is going to be magnified in my life and get glory no matter what happens in my life. I know that I'm a blessed man and God is taking care of me. How many of you know we need help with this, in this area? Because, you know, as a young Christian, we all, we just, we hear messages like this. And we go, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And all of a sudden, things don't add up to being blessed. And what do we do? We quit, we give up, we quit going to church. We, you know, we don't get all, we don't sing too much about, and, and get too zealous about our praise of God anymore. Because look what's happening in my life. You have to understand, if you're going to be blessed, listen to me, no matter what is happening in your life, live or die sink or swim, whatever's going on, I'm a blessed man and God is working all things together for my good and for his glory. Which leads me to the next one. You are blessed when you obey. Yes, I had to say it. I wanted to skip this point because it's not very popular nowadays, but you have got to understand that obedience is not a bad word. Obedience is the breakthrough and the, and the avenue to which God's going to bless you over and over again. All the way through. I had a man tell me one time, he said, all you talk about is obey, 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 obey. Well, he disobeyed and some bad things happened in his life. Read the Bible. Next year, just go through and mark out every time God says obey, Old Testament and New Testament. You're going to be shocked. I love Deuteronomy 28. If you... 
Can, you, can we go to verse 3 first? Quickly, quickly, quick. Don't let them see that. Don't look, don't look, don't look. Verse 4, keep going. I don't want you to see that. Your children and your crops will be blessed. <laughs> your children and your crops will be blessed. You mean to tell me my blessing has an effect on everybody around me, my children, my workplace, everything? Yes. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. You got to think about today's culture today, your refrigerator, your cabinets. We might not be too blessed, baby. We don't have a whole lot. Kids come in and go, what's going on here? Milk, yogurt, and a slice of cheese. What's up with this? Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Got a box of Cheerios in the cabinet. Wherever you go. Listen, wherever, that's why I chose the NLT. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Say that out loud with me. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven directions. Amen. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Go back to verse 1. What's the condition? I used to preach a message years ago, if, the biggest little word in the Bible. <laughs> if you follow, fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed and so forth and so on. I'm going to tell you right now, smack dab, in our New Testament covenant that we're living in, in post, you know, Old Testament, I'm telling you right now, we have to obey. Hebrews 11, faith and obedience work hand in hand. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Went out to a country he didn't know, going to trust God, take care of his life. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Faith and obedience Go hand in hand. Faith without works is it's dead. I always think about Joshua 1 when some of the most amazing promises that a man ever received is he's going into the land. Moses is dead. Joshua takes over the leadership. He's going to bring the people into the promised land. And God says, no man shall ever be able to stand before you. No man shall ever be able to stand before you. Everywhere you set your foot, I've given you. Everywhere you go, conquer ground. You're a blessed man. You're empowered to prosper. But what did he say in verse 8? He said, the book of this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will. For then you will. For then you will. For then you will. When I just thought I'd just wake up every day and just know I'm blessed and everything's going to be blessed and it's going to be blessed and it's going to be blessed. No. It doesn't work that way. I got to hear. I got to know. I got to respond. I got to be guided by the Holy Spirit. I got to walk in the Spirit. 
in my life, not as a payment, but just as a necessary staying in sync with God's plan in my life. All of a sudden, if not, you're praying to be a millionaire, you're praying to have this job over here, and God don't want you over there, and this and that, and so forth and so on. And God doesn't just give you what you think you need or even what you want. He gives you what's best for you. So i got to meditate, and i got to hear God speaking to me. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And boy... Was he successful? These people are, listen, they're marching around walls and their shouts are bringing walls down. They go in, they take Jericho. Not even one man dies in the battle. A complete victory. The next little town in line. God told them, listen, the first belongs to me. All the booty, all the spoils from the first City belongs to me. Put it into my treasury. Doesn't belong to you. That's the tithe. It doesn't belong to you. Right off the bat, everything that's first, it belongs to me. Put it in the storehouse. They went to the next little town. It was a a small town. And, you know, Joshua said, no big deal. You know, just send a few men. And you know they lost that battle. 36 men lost their lives because there was one guy aching that, Went out there and he saw something that looked so good and he put it among his own stuff. And they lost the battle. And listen to me very carefully because I would like to sit down with some people and just tell them to give me an explanation for the situation because God just promised him no man shall ever be able to stand before you. And yet all of a sudden in the second battle, he's losing. And he's on his face and he's crying before God. He said, God, what's wrong with my life? What's happening? What's going on? I don't understand. And he's starting to question God's faithfulness. We don't say that. And we don't say, God, I don't know if you're faithful. We don't say it like that. But our, our attitudes, our demeanor, even certain things we say, we're questioning God's faithfulness in our lives. And God said, I won't have this. Get off your face. I'm not going to be questioned like this and I'm not good and you're not blessed. I'm not going to go there. God's had to tell me that because I've wallowed and wallowed. And all of a sudden, God said, you've got sin in the camp. You've got to get that disobedience out of the camp. And you know that they did. And Achan was stoned along with his family. Then all of a sudden, the prosperity begins again. So again, I, I know it's not popular to say today. I know it's kind of, you know, not in vogue to talk about our obedience and our need to repent of things. But listen very carefully. I'm telling you now, God is requiring you obey him with all of your heart and willful disobedience is going to create a problem for you. Now, there's things we make a mistake in every day, right? Things I should have said, things I didn't say, all these things that we, 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 don't, we don't live in perfection for sure. And in that but as we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins and the blessings continue to flow. But in that moment when God puts something on you in your life, puts his finger on something in your life and you continue to do it, you may get away with it for a while, but there's coming a day when, when, when it's going to hinder God's blessing in your life. If you understand that, could you just say amen right there? In the most intimate places in, in, in the New Testament, I think about Jesus in that upper room, and he's about to go into Gethsemane. He's pouring his hearts out to the disciples. The disciples are listening there. I can just imagine to some degree what this atmosphere feels like. 
I love the movie Jesus of Nazareth. They're, they're, Jesus' tears in his eyes and the candlelights are flickering. I mean, it's just amazing. This story is they, they don't know what's unfolding. They don't understand all of a sudden the, the heaviness and the oppression of the night and the, all that's going to take place. And they're just wide-eyed. And it's, a, it's an epic moment. Judas just left out. He, he's betraying the Lord. I mean, things are kind of falling apart. And Jesus begins to communicate to them, listen to me, you can do nothing in life. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Then he says this. He said, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. If you love me, keep my commandments. In the most intimate setting that I can think of in the New Testament, what is Jesus talking about? Abiding in his word, abiding in the truth and obeying him from your heart. One more. So when you believe, when you obey, you are blessed. You are blessed thirdly, and finally, when you care. When you care. This is bigger than you think, especially in the generation that we're living in when so many people seem to be careless. I could care less. We have it on they go to a store and buy bumper stickers to express this. They don't care. Not many care today because, you know, caring in, involves standards. Caring involves pain in our lives. Carry to care involves a struggle to overcome. We think it's easier just to take away the standards and the assignment in front of us or the responsibility in front of us and just go careless. But to be a blessed man, you got to care. To be a blessed woman, you got to care. When you care, you show diligence. You do things from your heart when you care, which is a condition. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart condition. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that is the context, Jeremiah 29, of, for I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to do you harm, to give you hope in the future. Right smack dab in the middle of that says, you know what, but that won't be a reality to you if you don't seek me with all your heart. I'm not going to date you. I'm not going to be your celestial Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm looking for a bride. I'm looking for a bride that will say I do and will remain faithful to me and give me all her, her heart continually. And it's a challenge to do that, isn't it? To keep ourselves in a place where everything we're doing is from all of our heart. We have seasons. And it's not always easy in our life, but we always have to go back to that place because it's going to hinder. Even before the law, even before Abraham, we see you know, two sets of brothers, actually, and we see Cain and Abel. These are Adam and Eve's son, right from the beginning. And you know the story. You've heard me preach it many times. And I don't know what's going on in Cain's life. I don't know. You know, I mentioned seasons. Now, I'll be honest with you. I went to somebody this morning. I think it was Brother John. I said, I bet you enjoyed this cool weather. He said, not really. I don't like cold weather. Somebody said on the way out the door, 
I think it was Terry Harper said, I don't like cold weather. I don't like cold weather either. And you know, whatever season you don't like, sometimes it's hard to, to, to really, you know, be excited about that. I don't really like leaves falling down, my grass turning brown, me not being able to get on my lawnmower or watch Hannah on my lawnmower. I don't particularly like cold weather and jackets and all of those kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you that every season must be embraced. And you must learn to love and give everything that you are to every season. And to know there's good in every season. Josh said, I love the fall. Somebody says, I like the spring. Some people like the summer. Some people like the winter. But in every season of your life, you must give it all of your heart. So I think about, okay, Christmas is in this season. I love Christmas season. Um, Hallmark movies. Christmas Hallmark movies. This is a wonderful time. No, that's really not a good thing, right? But to every season, because God's going to put you through your paces, you must learn to obey and to love God and care in every season. I don't know what Cain was going through. I don't know what he was experiencing in his own heart. Maybe his herds weren't do, wasn't doing good. I don't know his crops wasn't doing good. I don't know what was going on with him. I have no idea. Maybe his wife's acting up. I don't, I don't know what's happening to Cain. But Cain goes to church to worship God and just kind of throws something at God. He just, throw, he just threw his church attendance at God. He just threw his little, you know, assignment at his particular church. He just kind of threw his little prayer at God. And God goes, I can't accept that. I don't want that. And you are hindering my blessing in your life. Whereas Abel gave his best, the Bible says, and God accepted that offering. God says, you have created an avenue of my favor and my blessing on your life, so much so that it was apparent to Cain who got mad at him and killed him. Hebrews, Hebrews says that that sacrifice is still speaking to us. Let me tell you what it's speaking to me. What it's speaking to you. It ought to speak to you. Is that God don't want your junk. God don't want your half-heartedness. God doesn't even want your forced loyalty. He doesn't want your, your activities and your service. And he would say, take the noise of your songs and your, your feast. Say, take it away from me. It's painful, painful to me. I want your heart. I want your heart. I want you to do everything you do. I want you to do it from your heart. That's the condition. I got to care. I got to care about what I'm doing. I got to care about me preaching. I got to care about what I'm doing. Well, it's sunny. This preaching message is fine. Just, you know, bye. See y'all later. We'll see you next week. Care. You got to care. It's Sunday morning. I, I'm just, I'm just going to do my religion. No, you got to care. God wants you to do things with all of your heart, you other brothers. Jacob and Esau, these were Isaac's sons. These were the grandson of Abraham and Isaac, you know that Jacob 
was a cheater, a supplanter, always trying to get what wasn't his. When he grew up, you know that he deceived his daddy Isaac. His mother was in on the plan to steal the blessing away from his brother Esau. He was a con man. When he was born, he came out holding on to the foot of Esau, trying to grasp something that wasn't his own. There's this amazing passage in Hebrews that we need to take heed to, Hebrews 12, and has an instruction for us right now as we're in this room. And it says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. I want you to think about that. I'm supposed to look at your life, and you look at my life, and we look at each other's life, and look after each other that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. What does that mean? There may be somebody here today that's hindering the blessing of God in your life, and I'm aware of it. I see the violation. I love you enough. I'm not perfect. I got my own stuff, but we're going to work together on this because I don't want you to fail to receive God's grace in your life. Or his blessing in your life. Does it happen? Yes. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. We don't do that either. That's another message. But listen, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. Jacob made a savory stew, and he, and he came in. You know, and he's tired, he's hungry, and, and Jacob said, I'll give you some if you give me your birthright. He said, what is that birthright to me? I'm starving to death. Give me a bowl of that stew. And he gave Jacob his birthright. You know that afterward, he, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with it, for it with bitter tears. What's the deal with Esau? I can tell you right now, he don't care. He didn't care. He didn't care about God's blessing or his birthright or what God's plan for his life. Well, he didn't care. And his actions and his activities and his thought processes, nothing was geared to, you know what, I need the blessing of the Lord in my life. And I've often wondered, maybe you do, why God would say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says it many times. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you even identify yourself with Jacob? His very name means deceiver, supplanter, heel grabber. You even changed his name to Israel. Why wouldn't you say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? Why Jacob? Well, in my own mind, a couple reasons. One reason I want you to understand, it's not about perfection. It's about my mercy and my grace. When I call out the name of Jacob, listen to me. You, you've got some issues in your life, and you've got, some, you've got a past of your own. But understand, I'm the God of the people, listen to me, who have a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage. And they work it out, and I work it out in their lives and make them who they are today. The God of Jacob, why is he not ashamed to call Jacob's name? I'm the God of Jacob. Jacob and Esau are separated. They're going to have a reunion. 
Jacob sends all of his family, his servants. God's blessing him. He's prospering. Across the little brook to see how Esau is going to respond. Sends him gifts and all these kind of things. And the Bible said that Jacob was left there alone that night. I can only imagine what he's thinking, what Esau is going to do to him. Maybe he's going to kill him. I don't know exactly what Jacob is thinking, but he's fearful for sure. And all of a sudden, in the middle of his wandering and his confusion and his fears and all this stuff going on, a man jumps on him and starts wrestling him and rolling around the dirt with him. And the Bible says it was the angel of the Lord. And many people think, and probably I do too, that this is the, the, the pre-incarnate Christ. The angel of the Lord wrestling with Jacob. And he wrestled him all night. That angel said, what is your name? How many of you know everybody in heaven knows his name? What is your name? Say it out loud. Acknowledge who you are. Acknowledge you've fallen short of the glory of God. Acknowledge your sin. My name is Jacob. I'm a sinner. I'm a cheater. I'm a supplanter. I, I am my name. I am that. And as they're wrestling, I want you to look at 26, 32, 26. And he said, let me go. The angel said, let me go for the day breaks. The morning's coming. I've got to go. My assignment is up. And what did Jacob say? I will not let you go unless you bless me. Let me tell you why. God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's because Jacob cared about the blessing in his life. I want to be blessed. I don't want the, what the world has to offer me. I want to be blessed. God blesses people who care about the blessing. Say amen if you understand that. I care in my life. I not only care to have God's blessing on my life, but when I'm blessed, my children are going to be affected. My wife is going to be affected. The people that I am called to influence, and there's people out there, they don't honor God, they don't you know, obey God, they, you know, whatever they do, they do, but I'm, there's people that I'm called to influence and be a blessing to, and if I'm not blessed, they're not going to be blessed. If I don't walk in the blessing of the Lord, how are my children going to be blessed? And I care about that. I've had people say, you know what, don't tell me to stay in this marriage because of the kids. I don't want to hear that again. Well, I'm going to tell you again. Get yourself straight. Get your wife straight. Do whatever you got to do because the kids do matter. They do. You might have to beat your head against the wall for 15 years. You've got to spend a million dollars on counseling or whatever you got to do. But I'm going to tell you, you better care about your children. Can I get a bigger amen than that? The blessing that I walk and I provide are going now. There's times when you know what the Bible says. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, I believe it is. He said, Listen, if they're an unbelief, they don't want to trust God, they don't want to obey God, and they go, let them go. There's nothing you can do. You're not under obligation. It happens all the time. I'm not trying to put condemnation on anybody at all, but do your best and you care. 
to honor God in your marriage. You care because of children. You care about your friends and neighbors. You care to be blessed because my blessing is going to rub off on the people around me. That's why, that's why Jabez was so anointed and blessed. Let's stand to our feet as we read this. And Jabez called on the God of Israel and said, Oh, that you would what? Oh, that you would. This is a prayer. The prayer of Jabez. Books wrote on it. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. What? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. And that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I got a bad story, my mama. When I was born, there was pain. There was, and so my mama called me pain. That's what Jabez means. But you know what? I don't want to live my life causing pain to people around me. I want to be blessed indeed so I can be a blessing to others. And I don't want to cause anybody any hurt, any pain. I want to be the best daddy. I want to be the best father. I want to be the best church member. I want to be the best friend. I want to be the best worker. I want to be the best. I want to be a blessing to everybody around me. And God goes, you know what? Your attitude, I like that. Solomon said, I don't, I don't want the head of my enemy. I don't want to be rich. Lord, just teach me how to lead these people because I am a dummy and I don't know what I'm doing. God goes, I like that. Because you didn't ask for this and you didn't ask for that, I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to bless you with those things because your attitude is you care about how you're affecting your life. Life is affecting those around you. Can I get an amen in the house? So let me ask you a question. Is anybody blessed? How many of you understand biblically, and we're going to keep going in this, that there are some, some elements that involve me that I can either bring greater blessing or hinder the blessing? How many of you understand that? Positionally, I'm blessed, but my activities in life can hinder or bring about the blessing of God in my life. I, I was... I've been hearing our young men working for different individuals in the church and, and just glowing reports of them working so hard and so faithful and doing such a good job and going above and beyond. I keep hearing it over and over again. And I want to tell you young men, listen to me very carefully. We're going to talk about work at some point. Jordan, keep doing that. You're one of them, my nephew. Christian, where are you? You're another one going above and beyond. Seeing these young men working, working for Glenn. Glenn's hired two or three of them, four of them. Just wonderful young men. Seth, I know. Who else, Glenn? Who's working for you? <laughs> I know Brennan's working for him some. You know what I'm hearing, Brennan? I'm hearing, man, he's a good worker. Let me tell you why you're a good worker and why God's going to bless you. Because you care. Never stop caring. Care about things. And when you care about things, God, come on, will care about the things that he's going to bless you with. Amen or not? I know the world does what it does, but listen to me. You care. You care. 
And I don't care what's going on in your life, how much, how difficult you are. We're in this place and now. I will, we'll, we'll hire, you know, for, you know, you, you work today, we'll pay you tomorrow. I'm getting on the work thing. That's kind of stirring my heart right now. D- don't be like the world. Don't be like the world. Care. When Brother Glenn says, hey, I need you to go a step beyond that. So I want to applaud our young men. Let's just bless our young men today. The Lord gave me a couple of scriptures. I want the team to come up that I put on my little countertop in my shop. And I walk a lot of my house. Believe it or not, I walk five miles of my house all the time. I just walk around. I, there's a path on our wood floor that's all messed up and tore up. It's my little walking path. Not really. But I'll I put, I put God's word on my little shelf and I'll walk by. And this was one of the words the Lord gave me two or three months ago. And sometimes you go, Lord, Lord, it's, the world's so difficult. I don't know what to do as a pastor especially. How do I lead the people? What do I say? Do I say this? Do I say this? Do I go here? Do I go there? What do I do? Lord, I'm trying so hard. Help me. What do I do to succeed in life? I don't know. It's so complicated, Lord. People are saying this. People are saying that. I don't know what to do anymore. You've been there. This is what the Lord spoke to me. Those who honor me. I will honor. See, that's simple, isn't it? Everything you do, you're seeking to bring honor and glory to God. And when you do, God's going to honor you. Can I get an amen? amen? This was a big deal this morning. I need to take a moment to keep them up there. Hannah said, now what do I do? No, 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 scripture, picture, screen, screen, picture, picture, screen. Uh, take a picture. Uh, I'm I'm confused. I'm so confused. The text said, "I'm just so so." I want to make sure that I take every opportunity. Where's she at? (laughs) Children's church. Don't y'all tell her I'm saying this. (laughs) So she worked hard to get this for me this morning. There's one more. Second Chronicles 31. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and the commandment to seek his God, he did what? Just do it with all your heart. I've been working on doing everything with all of my heart. I've been driving the staff crazy, but doing everything. That closet, got to clean it, got to get it right, got to do whatever, because we got to do it with all of our heart. Amen? Why? He did it with all of his heart, and so what? So he what? So he what? He prospered. So honor the Lord, do it with all of my heart, amen, and open a channel for the blessings of God in my life. How about you? Y'all with me today? I want to sing that first song. If you're in this place today and you said, I don't really know the Lord's blessing in my life, I, I, I need to be saved, open your heart. Confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. Get on with it. Get on with the goodness. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let him forgive you of all your sins. Let him place you in Christ. Start living this blessed life so that you can overcome. If you're in this room today, just pray right now. Jesus, come into my heart. That's all you got to do. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. I don't want to be Baptist. I don't want to be Methodist. I don't want to be Catholic. I, don't want to be, I just want to be yours. I want to be yours, Lord. I want to live according to your word. I want to be a blessed man. 
when difficulties and challenges and things are going wrong in my life, Lord, I want to know and understand and believe that you, Lord, will turn everything to my good. And you can't keep a good man down. And whether I live or die, God, I believe that you're going to be magnified in my life. What a life to live. What a life. What can the devil do with a man like that? Can't do much. If you say, Pastor Kevin, I don't know the Lord, but right now I want to know the Lord. I'm praying right now to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Hold your hand up high. Hold your hand up high. I see your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come get you or anything like that. Just hold your hand up high before the Lord. Give your heart right now to Jesus. All you got to do is you can put your hands and just call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Jesus, come into my heart. Pray it right now. Talk to the Lord. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I am Jacob. I've got a past and I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I don't want to doubt that I'm a blessed man. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Anybody in the building today, you're just not sure if you know the Lord or not. It's a season to get that right so that you can take away the question mark and put an exclamation point. If there's anybody in the building today you have doubts about your knowing the Lord or being saved, would you raise your hand high? We want to pray for you that you get that settled in in your life in this season. Anybody? Anybody at all? I'm doubting. God, thank you. Confirmation for every heart, Lord. How many of you know that you know that you're saved? Raise your hand high. How many of you know after this this message, you're blessed? You're a blessed man. You're a blessed woman. You're a blessed child of God. Thank you, Lord. Now let's confess our sins of hindering the Lord when we haven't believed. Amen. When we haven't obeyed, when we haven't cared. Raise your hand high if you know you failed in one or maybe all of those areas. God, be merciful to me. God, be merciful to us. We've all done it. Forgive us today, Lord, and help us to learn and understand more and more. We want, Lord God, to please you. Thank you, Father, for helping us. You are working in me and in us both to will and to do your good pleasure. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's rejoice in the Lord today that our names are found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Next week is Thanksgiving. We're going to continue this thing of just talking about God's blessing and His goodness. We're going to see some other things that really will open up God's blessing in our life. Amen. Let's sing this song together. Here we go.
Happy birthday.